good morning, Kingwood Church. I'm so excited to be in here in person and see your face. Um, today is a great day, and normally I'm in the studio watching online. So today I'm excited to be in here in person, see your faces, and joining you guys online. I just want to say good morning. Normally you see me in the comments, and I'm saying hey, but I'm saying hey to you from the stage today. So today's a great day. Isn't the summer series always so good? And this year is no exception to that. Um, you know, we've been studying in Psalms, and Pastor Clark did such an incredible job last year. Uh, I'm not last year, last week. <laughs> seems like it's been a year. It's COVID, right? Post-COVID, everything seems... <laughs> But last week, he preached on Psalm 37, and he made this statement. He said, the antidote to fret is trust. And so this morning, I'm starting with that. Can we trust God? And some of you may be asking that question here in the room this morning. Some of you may be um, watching with us in service, whether you're at work later on this week or in your car and you're going through things, and you're going, can I really trust God? And let's face it, no matter who you are, no matter where you're at in life, we're all going to face trust issues. It's a part of life, right? Anybody in here in, this, in the place, can, can you agree with me? You have trust issues before? It's not just me. If you're online, give me a thumbs up. Let me know. Yes, we've all faced trust issues. Why? Because we live in a fallen world. And we live in a world where our tensions are always being um, grabbed onto by things that, that are not a part of God's plan for our lives. There's things that always are, are begging for our attention. And so that makes us ask a lot of questions. But can God be trusted? I'm going to answer that super quick and super simple. It sounds simple, but it is yes. God can be trusted. And I'm going to prove that to you today. I'm going to let you know why God can be trusted. And the long story of it, in short, is because God is holy. God is holy. God can be trusted because God is holy. We're going to study this morning. We're going to read Psalm 99. If you have a Bible with you or if you have a Bible app on your phone, I encourage you to read along with me. We're going to read the whole chapter of Psalm 99. Don't worry, it's not too long, but it's so good. So let's read that together if you have your Bible. The Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. The king is mighty. He loves justice. You have established equity in Jacob. You have done what is just and right. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his footstep, footstool. He is holy. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called on the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them from a pillar of cloud, and they kept his statues and the decrees he gave them. Lord our God, you answered them. You were to Israel a forgiving God. Though you punish their misdeeds, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain. For the Lord our God is holy. God can be trusted because he is holy. Holy, holy. 
It says it three times in, in that verse. And so that's what we're going to talk about today, the word holy. You know, the word holy is mentioned there three times, and it means to separate, to set apart. The Hebrew language, it literally means to cut or a cut above. Holy means that God is not like us. Holy is separated from us. You know, when I was three years old, I used to sneak out of my house, and I had this, my mom's watching online, so she knows I'm telling this story, and she helped me get it straight. Um, But I used to sneak out of my house and go to the neighbor's house. They would always um, be so nice to me. They would let me jump on the bed, watch TV, whatever I wanted to do. And they gave me these little pink bubblegum candies, and I, I always went over there. I, I always thought, man, this is a fun place. I'm going to their house. And every time I, I, I would go over there, my f- mom and dad would finally find me, and they would sternly correct me, and they would say, that's not safe. You're three years old. And I didn't understand. I, I didn't get it. I was like, well, I mean, they're nice. They're nice people. They give me candy which I found out this week, it was not candy, it was baby aspirins. (laughs) I mean, so now it makes sense at 43 years old, 40 years later, you know, my parents were concerned and for a good reason. You know, I trusted my parents. I trusted them, you know, with my my three-year-old heart, even though I didn't understand all of their reasonings. My lack of understanding, though, kept me questioning why, I don't understand your reason. Why, why? But they give me candy. And oftentimes, you know, we can do the same thing with God. We don't understand Him because He is holy. He is set apart from us. He is cut above all things that we can think about. And if we're not careful, especially as we get older, we can begin to turn our questions into mistrust. Because we will never understand God fully in this life. We will never understand everything fully. Because we are not a cut above. We are human. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 9 and 10, it says, For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part will disappear. In other words, one day, it'll all make sense. Aren't you glad for that? One day, it'll all make sense. We see another example of God's holiness as talked about in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1 through 4. Let's read that together. It says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. At the sound of their voices, the doorpost and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. You know, to understand that scripture, you got to kind of understand the context of what was going on there. Isaiah was seeing a vision, and it was in a time 
where it says Uzziah had died. He had been the king for 50 years. And all of a sudden, the shift in leadership changed. And the, the people started to experience unknown, uncertainties. What's next? Who's going to be in charge next? Who, how, is our, how are things going to go from now? It sounds kind of familiar to, to what we might be facing now, huh? We have lots of uncertainties in our, our world. There's a lot of things that we face that's just unknown. And so God gave Isaiah a vision. And in, through that, he said he saw God high and lifted up. You know, no, no matter what is going on, no matter where we're at in this life, God can be trusted. So how do we trust God? Okay, I've said that several times. God can be trusted. So how do we trust God? Well, I'm going to give you three things that will help you, and I'll show you in Scripture where Isaiah was able to do the same thing, and we find it in Psalms 99. How can we trust God? Here's number one. We seek God's help in our trouble. In verse 6 through 8 in Psalms 99, it says, Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called on the Lord, and he answered them. He spoke to them from the pillar of cloud. They kept his statues and decrees he gave them. The Lord our God, you answered them. You know, when I was growing up, I, I didn't think my parents were perfect, of course. But I was fortunate enough to know that they loved me and they cared about me. And I remember that same house where I used to sneak out of, where they finally put a latch at the top of the door to protect me. I was also, mom told me I was a, a wild child. I don't, none of y'all believe that if you know me, because I'm very reserved and calm. But if you ask my mom, I was a pretty wild child. I think that, um, that they had their, their run for money with me. But she told me that one day I was in the, the bathroom and I was climbing on the toilet seat. I was reaching for something and something was breakable on the top shelf and it fell and it broke. And when it did, it cut me and I was scared. And I called for my mom and I said, Mom, help me. And when I did, she answered. And I think about how my human mom answered me when I called how much more does a loving, holy, perfect God answer us in our trouble? He is there to answer us. And if you call on him, you can find that you can trust him. He will answer you. So number one is to seek God in our trouble. And number two is this. Experience his presence Regularly, not just a one time. Experience the presence of God regularly. You know, in Psalm 99, verse 9, it says, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy mountain, for the Lord our God is holy. His holy mountain is a reference to God's presence. The psalmist knew that in the presence of God, things change. And this is why it's one of our vision statements at Kingwood. You've heard us say our vision statement. Part of it is to help people meet God. 
And we do that in things like soak that Pastor Jay was telling you guys about next week. We do that by encouraging you to join us for a worship service, either here in person or online. There's access to it. If you miss a Sunday, hey, that's okay. You can catch up and watch it later on. Or your personal devotions. Or in your prayer time. Those are some things that you can do to experience the presence of God. Isaiah also experienced God's presence, and he recognized God's holiness, just like the psalmist did in the verse that we just read. In Isaiah 6, 5 through 7, it says, Woe to me, I cried, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, in a live, with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth, and he said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away, and your sin is atoned for. You know, when we experience God's presence, we're faced with our own humanity. And how much we are truly, truly in need of a Savior. In His presence, you experience the holiness of God. It may shake you. It may stir you. You may fall on your face in repentance. You may fall on your knees and just worship. When you experience God's presence, you truly can see God's holiness and know that He is trustworthy. And so... That brings me to my third point. So, number one, seek God in our trouble. And number two, experience His presence regularly. And then number three, be honest about your unbelief. Be honest to God about your unbelief. When Isaiah experienced God's presence, he proclaimed in verse 5, He said, woe to me, I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. See, in in his presence, your eyes are open to your own mortality, and your fear, your anxiety, Everything is open and laid bare before God. And it's in those moments in the presence of God that you can be honest with Him about that. You can be honest with Him about how we feel, about the areas of life that we're struggling with. You know, when me and Pastor Jason, uh, when we were in Louisiana, many of you have heard our story about fostering We were foster parents for a little while there in in Louisiana. And I remember this one uh, group of kids that we had. There were three siblings. They were so sweet and beautiful. But part of the foster care, just, just the nature of foster care, just the nature of what brought them there, what happened to them, just the being pulled out of the home, it causes a lot of them to face a lot of fears and uncertainties. And our oldest at the time, I'm going to call him Jacob, um, just to protect his little name, 
he would often talk to me about his fears, and he would talk to me about, he, he would worry, he'd always worry that he was going to be kidnapped. The police had came to their house while parents were out of town, and they were all left alone. There were six of them total. We had three of them. Um, it was a scary event for him, and he felt like he was kidnapped. So he was already struggling with that. He didn't trust police. He didn't trust adults. The baby would often hit me in violence just because he, he didn't understand the nurture and love that I was trying to give him. They were so much full of fear. But there was many times that I had conversations with the oldest. He was six years old. He was so sweet. He, he would keep us on our toes. And so in order to get his attention, like many of you do as parents, you put him in the car seat. We're going to go for a ride. And so I would take him, I'd put him in the car seat, we'd go down the road to Dairy Queen, and just me and him in the car. And um, I would record sometimes just so I could go back and, and try to analyze and to figure out, okay, what is he saying? What do, how do I, how can I help him better? Just so I can have it from my memory and to help walk him through with a therapist. And I came across while I was studying for this message, um, the, this clip of him, while we were in the car seat in our conversation. Would you just listen? Something that I think doesn't happen. Okay. We do never get kidnapped. Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. And don't go outside alone. Yeah, that's good. That's a good um, thing to live by because it could be dangerous. Yes. But, I mean, you're safe at your house and you're safe. Um, here, as long as you communicate, somebody's not just going to come snatch you out of nowhere. There has to be a reason. Yeah. But what reason was they do it for? Well, there's just evil people in the world that let Satan warp their minds, and they live in sin, and they don't, um, they don't live for Jesus, and they don't know good. Is God going to still put up with that? Well, not if they don't turn their heart to Jesus. Like, do you know that you can be changing from from, from God? Yeah. He can change you. Yeah. He can change your whole life. Sure can. can so is that the only bad thing better. you can think of? Yeah, like, oh, that's good. everything is good. That's good. I, and at y'all's house, nothing bad, like, nothing. No complaints? No. Well, well, that's good to know. Like, everything is good here. You know, it's been going bad. I have to believe that part of the reason he was saying that was because he knew ice cream was <laughs> a little bit down the road. <laughs> we did have some good times, though. And um, it was some ups and downs. You know, that same little boy, he, he taught me a lot. And there's a quote that I read while we were fostering from Jason Johnson. And it says this. It says, you cannot simply invite brokenness into your home and not to some degree be broken by it. You can't hold abused innocence in your arms and not on some level lose a sense of your own innocence as a result. 
you can't hear the stories of the deep fractures in others' lives and not see the cracks in your own and understand that on some level, we are all the same. Broken humans in need of redemption. And it's so true. It's so true. That same little boy that was talking to me about this biggest fear that day reminded me one day of my own brokenness and my need for a holy God. We were headed home from a long day, and I had all three foster kids in the car with me by myself. They were, they were having a moment. We were tired. I mean, kids are kids. It was a, a one-year-old, a four-year-old, and a six-year-old. You can only imagine after a long day. And in the back seat, it got quiet all of a sudden. Peace filled my car. And that same six-year-old, little Jacob, started singing, and it sounded just like this. Holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes and wonder and tell me who you are and fill me with your heart and leave me and let to those around me. I remember as I drove down the road and I the little boy singing holy there's no one like you there's none beside you and then he said open up my heart and let me show your love to those around me and I just remember all I could do was cry I just I, my tears just would not stop and God reminded me you're the same. If he can acknowledge the holiness of God in that moment, even facing his uncertainties, he didn't know when he was going to go back home. He didn't know if he would go back home. He didn't know me and Jason. He called me Mama Coco, but he didn't really know us. We had a about that time a three-month relationship, but he still cried out to God and acknowledged God in that moment. He was honest with God and declared, Jesus, I want to know you. I want the fullness of God. I know that you are holy. You are set apart in my situation. You are above all things. And today, some of you may be facing some uncertainties. Today, you may be thinking, you know what? There's a lot of, of things that I've walked through. You may have some brokenness of your own that you're experiencing. The first place to start today is to experience his presence. Would you stand with me? When we sing this song this morning, I want you to know that God's presence is here already. God's presence is there with you at home. If you're in your car, it's with you. If you're at work, God's presence is everywhere. God's presence is here. You just have to experience it. You have to just acknowledge that his presence is here. And then when you do that, you can be honest with him. 
and you can bring your troubles to him this morning. So as we sing this next song, I'm going to pray over you, and then we're going to worship together. And I invite you this morning to experience God's presence in your life. Let's pray. Father, this morning, we know that you are holy. You are holy. Holy. There is no one like you. Lord, we pray that you would just saturate every heart today with your love, your grace. Lord, that we would bring everything to you and lay it at your feet this morning.